Hello, this is Robert Yoho with the Surviving Healthcare Podcast. And today I'm interviewing someone I met for the first time about 2 p.m. And his story is so compelling and so important that I thought that I should drop this episode this evening. And he kindly agreed to come on the podcast. So um, uh, this is James Ragusi. Roguski. Roguski, sorry. And um, he has an important uh, story to tell about the World Health Organization, which uh, he, he researched and found a paper that was just dropped about a week ago onto the website, correct? Um, I found it quite some time ago. It was actually presented to the WHO on January 18th. Uh, it went underground. It was hidden. I found it some time ago. I've been, you know, putting the, together all the research and information, and I can now verify it because it popped up uh, on the WHO website on April 12th, so about 10 days ago. So before we get to your background and and uh, and your, your uh, story, um, just tell the listeners what's going on in general terms. Let's see how short I can make this. There, there is, this, there is a, a treaty that we are currently party to. It was uh, started in 1969. It went through a bunch of revisions. Uh, and in 2005, there were major revisions. And it's called the International Health Regulations. And like I said earlier, on January 18th, um, the US uh, delegate to the WHO uh, submitted uh, amendments that will alter the international health regulations. And to cut to the chase for people who want to know, uh, the amendments to Article 12, Sections 2, 3, and 5, when you realize what they are, you should gasp and get to work spreading the word because it's, it's frightening. Essentially, what it says is that the WHO currently, the, the regulation state, that if the WHO believes there's you know, some sort of uh, outbreak uh, problem, you know, with some kind of infectious disease, they have to get an agreement from the sovereign nation, wherever that may be happening. And they can't declare uh, what they refer to, not as a pandemic or anything like that. They call it a world, uh, I'm sorry, public health emergency of international concern. Currently, they have to respect the sovereignty of the countries. The amendments, would take that restriction away and the WHO would be free to have uh, emergency situation, you know, anytime they want. And They'd essentially have a world government. They would have the ability to trigger an emergency and unbeknownst to many people, nations, you know, across the world have linked their definition of what an emergency is to the WHO's definition. So if the WHO were to declare an emergency, that would give some kind of a justification to all of the individual countries, health minister, or here it's the Secretary of Health and, and Human Services. Uh, and, and then it's just perpetual emergency. You know, I mean, do you feel like you're in an emergency right now? But you're, oh in a you're, in, you're in a double and depending where you live, maybe triple or quadruple emergency, because in the United States, there's the national health emergency, which is the, I'm sorry, the national emergency, which is declared by the president. Trump started it, Biden renewed it twice, goes for a year. Congress by law, and here's one, I'll ask you a question. Um, did you know that by law, Congress is supposed to debate every six months, so it would have been four times already, and vote on a joint resolution as to whether or not the emergency should stop or continue. 
the Senate did it once and Congress has just absolutely failed to, to deal with it. The scary one in the United States is the public health emergency that's declared by the uh, Secretary of the Health and Human Services. It started with Alex Azar back in uh, 2020. It's been renewed and renewed and renewed. I think it's 10 times now. Uh, the last time it was up for renewal was April 16th and it got renewed. So whatever 90 days is from April 16th, it, you know, we're still in this emergency. And the scary part about it is that there, there's, you know, in my opinion, there's a flaw in the way the law is crafted because there's no, he's the king of, you know, all, everything. Nobody can turn it off uh, unless uh, Javier Becerra says he wants to. There's just no checks or balances about it. Go ahead. It's a lawless era. And, and so the CARES Act and many of the other um, laws that have been passed have triggers in them that, you know, all of this money is being spewed all over, you know, the pharmaceutical, medical, industrial, hospital complex. And the money flows so long as Becerra continues and maintains uh, this public health emergency. And that ties in with the emergency use authorizations for the testing, you know, which isn't proven to be, you know, it's, it's yeah. emergency use, all the medications, all of the things that I don't call the V word, I call the biological injections. The money flows because everybody gets a 20% kicker. If you stick something up somebody's nose, yeah. you get a, stick it up there That's 10 true. times and stick it up there until you, you know, get a positive, you get a 20% kicker on the entire hospital stay. If you, recommend remdesivir you get an extra 65 percent on a portion of the bill why would anybody not be wanting to say people have covid if you're getting a 25 percent bonus but then there's the state emergencies and the county emergencies and so forth and so on there's supposed to be a check in the balance with that and so this all funnels up to the who and this these amendments that are going to be voted upon uh between may 22nd and may 28th at the World Health Assembly in uh, Geneva, Switzerland. They want to start it at the top where they can now, um, they don't have to get the approval of the country, but they also want to have an intermediate health alert, which is like, just be scared all the time. And then they have the six regional, we talked a little bit about the you know organization. And I, I told you the only thing I really know about the World Health Organization is that it's broken up into six regions and they want to give their six regional directors, you know, give some money to any of your uh, uh, listeners. If they can type in the chat, who the hell those six regional directors are and did you vote for them? Right. They want to give them the power to, Oh, I'm going to back up a little bit. I forgot something. Um, the public health emergency of international concern, P H E I C is affectionately called a fake. P-H-E-I-C, and what they want to be able to do is have the regional directors um, declare a regional emergency or a P-H-E-R-C. And, you know, the WHO, it, it doesn't stand for World Health Organization. It's the World Hypnosis Organization because they just cast this spell on anybody and, and they're trying to firk the world. They want to be able to declare a regional emergency whenever the hell they want. And there, there are some, uh, <clears throat> Peter Bregan calls them global predators, but I think there are some global predators. Well, that's his book, yeah. yeah. This plan, yeah. 
so there is a history of this pattern that goes back to some other statutes and laws five or six years ago. Can you elucidate that or you're, you're not as familiar with that? Apparently there was some trans-Pacific. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're changing topics. Absolutely. Um, if, you say, if you say TPP to you know, someone in conversation, um, the vast majority of people will say, what do you got a toilet paper product problem or something like that? You know, and anybody who's an activist and, you know, is fighting to preserve sovereignty will realize that it's trans-Pacific <clears throat> partnership. And that was an attempt at taking sovereignty away from the people and giving it to corporations. The way it was structured was that if you had a problem, if you had a, a gripe with a company, you couldn't take it to court you would have to take it to some kind of arbitration board or whatever they called it. This is different, but yet it's similar in that lawyers have not heard of the international health regulations. And so, you know, I have, I've looked through this and, and parsed it. I've got a lot of lawyers interested in, in looking at it. And there's all kinds of ways you can interpret the way it could be manipulated Okay, and so, you know, law looks like it's straightforward, but when you read between the lines, you go, oh, crap, you know, what could they do with this if they had some nefarious desires? And they do. Yeah, we got a pretty good idea they have some nefarious desires. Right, right. So I'll stop there. You know, it's frightening. Ask me, you know, what kind of questions come to mind? Well, uh, James, tell us about your background and how long you've been studying this uh, material and uh, and your general conclusions. And it sounds like this is uh, this is sounds like in some ways it's more important than COVID or any of the other stories. It potentially. Um, it, it, it's earth shattering when you realize what it is. Okay, um, my background. Uh, just uh, I'll limit it to just this sort of topic. Um, I've been in the natural health world for 25 years and I've written some books and do a lot of research. I put up a lot of websites, do a lot of research and writing. And I came across uh, uh, an early preprint um, back in January of 2020. And it said, you know, there, um, they'd studied the genome and they said there were uh, furin cleavage sites and some HIV. And I was like, oh, you know, this is not your mom's, not <laughs> you know, this is not your mom's, you know, coronavirus, right? Yeah. Um, and so I put up a couple, couple of websites and then it ended up being six websites. And it was just an absolute, you know, monster of data. Uh, I started a uh, doctor directory for doctors who were starting to use alternative methods and things like that long before, you know, FLCCC and, um, and, and so that wonderful folks. I, I worked a lot doing all that. Um, uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you know, the dangers of remdesivir. And, uh, you know, when they started with these uh, shots, I mean, I know enough to know that it was just insanity. And so the problem was there wasn't any data. And from December when the shots came out and um, so forth, uh, once the numbers starting to, started to be concrete in VAERS, you know, I just... Yeah pushed it as hard as I can. And I pushed it a little bit too far, I guess, a couple of months ago and uh, a dozen years of work and two solid years with six um, websites dedicated to COVID. Uh, boom, gone. The servers, uh, the, who owned those servers? Was it? Uh, uh, well, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't own the servers. It, yeah. it was, you know, 
that I got an email that said, you know, yeah. oh, you broke our terms of service. Right. And, um, you know, you I don't know whether it was Amazon or Google or who, who the, uh, you know, who's behind 89% yeah. of everything is probably that's them. right. The, the point was, uh, you know, I figured, hey, I must have been over the target because they had to shoot me down. Exactly. Um, so I went back, uh, took it in stride, and I realized that the universe had a different uh, plan for me. So I opened up an account on Substack. So jamesrugeski.substack.com is where I landed. And I, you know, put up some of the information that I thought was incredibly important. Did you know that uh, on January 21st, the FDA authorized, not approved, authorized remdesivir, which is known as really run death is near yeah. for infant children as small as eight pounds, basically a newborn on an outpatient basis. And I just, I just it's went stunning. It's mind boggling. I just went ballistic. And, you know, did you hear that in the news? Did anybody tell you? Okay. No. Um, I, I got in touch with, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty, who is in South Africa, and he's got about the clearest vision of what's going on really with COVID. Uh, put a whole article up on my Substack. Um, his belief, because he's treated 10 or 11,000 patients and not a single one of them has gone to the hospital and none of them have died, is that it's not the virus or whatever may be causing things that appear to be a virus. He's found that and this is my vernacular explanation. Uh, it's very similar to a time-delayed peanut allergy that you get about eight days in. And so what happens with a lot of people is they deal with, you know, what may or may not be a virus, may or may not be natural, that they get through it and they think they're on the mend, they think they're out of the woods, and then all of a sudden they turn back around and they're deep in the woods not because of the virus, but because of the allergic response to the spike protein. So Dr. Chetty, if you're listening, you know, you're the man. Uh, if people, if you've never heard of Shankara Chetty and his work, he published this in like August or September of 2020. And, you know, you can't hear it. I'm off topic, but it's no, wonderful that's stuff. Um, yeah. The task at hand is to learn. Okay, don't take my word for it. I've got all the documentation. I've got, you know, the document that was submitted to the WHO. It's not hard to find. I didn't hack it. It's public information on their website. It's just that they've got so many damn things you can't find it. Well, I found it, put it front and center, um, have a domain that you can go to to find everything. It's don'tyoudare.info, like don't you dare mess with our sovereignty. And tell everybody because, you know, I can't stop this by myself. You can't stop this by yourself. If people don't know about it, they can't stop it. So learn about it first, spread the word. That's what we're doing. That's what you're doing right now. I appreciate you know the opportunity to be here. What else can I what else can I answer for you? What what kind of questions do you think people might have? <laughs> I'm out of questions <laughs> right now, James, but I, I appreciate your time. And uh, this is uh, he's a he's an investigative researcher. That's how we must think of him. And he's standing up like a lot of us are. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you would never have thought you were going to be politically or uh, socially active uh, 25 years ago because I wasn't. I, I was wrapped up in my own uh, uh, world of trying to, you know, navigate uh, healthcare <clears throat> as a physician. Yep. And, you know, that's part of it. We all have life. Um, you know, there's a million things that you have to do. Who the hell has time to? I mean, there's just millions and millions and millions of words 
that they put out there. And, you know, I literally found the needle in the haystack. It literally is a line. If you go to the um, document with the amendments in them, it's Article 12, Section 2, 3, and 5. And in Article, in, in Section 2, it's literally one line that's struck through. And it basically means that they want to take out the part where the WHO has to abide by the wishes of the sovereign nation. Okay. Now, when it's China that pushed back on the WHO in um, January of 2020, anybody who's hating on China, right, says, oh, well, you know, the WHO should have been able to come in and crack down and, you know, do whatever they want. Yeah, oh, that's all nice and good. But they got in a couple of days later. Not that big a deal. I don't think it made a hill of beans of a difference in the two-year mess of lies that we're dealing with. Um, but what if, you know, it's happening in your city and the who comes in and you end up like Shanghai. Um, people better think about what's going on here and look into it. And, uh, you know, this is probably the closing. I don't know how long you want to talk, but you've heard the thing in um, when they're at a wedding, people say, hey, if you have any objections, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. <laughs> well, you better shout now or you're going to be muzzled forever. James, I'm grateful we'll put all your information in the show notes, and I'm, I'm hoping this will get around to some influencers as well as my audience. So thank you so much for your time. And It's uh, been a pleasure to meet you. And, you know, you're an example of the, the, the type of person who the light bulb goes off and you go, oh, man, I got to take action. And it's a pleasure, pleasure to make your acquaintance, and I'm sure we're going to be long-term friends. Okay. Thanks again. Thank you.